Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On 1629 SEN Hobart, Jack and Payne with Jack Revolt and Tim Payne. Welcome to another big hour of Jack and Payne with me, Jack Revolt, and of course, the Australian Test Captain, Tim Payne. Thanks to our boys, Harrison Agents, Tasmania's real estate experts. Well, it wouldn't be a Jack and Payne show without this man clinging and clanging around in the background, but we've got him on my microphone again this week. <laughs> Flash Lithgow, Flash, welcome to the show. <laughs> you do Good make morning, a lo- gentlemen. You do make Great a lot of noise in the background, though, David. Like Our listeners and our loyal listeners would listen and, and hear yeah. little coughs and snippets banging behind the Tim Payne in his, on his microphone. That is always you in the background. In nice and early, always prepared and ready to go, but... Yep. Um, making a lot of lot of noise in the studio. What Tim? What about the footy? And what about um, what about our Tasmanian boy? I think we got him up last week. Benny Brown wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely he was, magnificent. He was terrific. We thought we spoke about it a bit earlier. Jack said he was going to kick four. He kicked three. I know that you Should had him actually four. down, David, as the first goal kicker of the grand final. He, he let you down, it. didn't he? he? Did. He did. Any wager on that, David? Did you have a few dollars on? Not allowed to have a bet as a um, oh. as a commentator, Jack, as you probably well know. Didn't but know that. Terrific, terrific game of footy. Um, isn't funny. It was a blowout in the end, but yet we, I think we all enjoyed it and the ebbs and flows and goodness me. Oh, Perth put on a spectacle on the weekend and I reckon I've changed my mind. I mean, I don't know whether you do it every second year, every third year, mix it around, but what a sensational night it was. It was terrific. I thought the entertainment, the fireworks, the ability to turn the lights on and off in a, in a split second of that ground is like nowhere else in Australia and I, I don't mind the the being able to share it around the country. Maybe every three years, probably ask Jack, he's the AFL footballer here, and the MCG is the MCG, but can we get it around the country occasionally? No, no. Uh, the, contract oh. is signed. <laughs> the contract is signed until the middle of 2050, I think, or whatever it is. It'll be oh, going, there you go. It'll be going back to the MCG next year, and the Tigers will be charging back up the ladder, hopefully next Done September. We're, 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 we're back there. Uh, big story in the Mercury, and another story that Jack and Payne have broken. Mm. Bell Reeve Battleground was the headline. Hobart ready to host the Ashes Test. Cricket Tasmania CEO, Don Baker, who's a good friend of all of ours, uh, says that they are ready, willing, and able to host an Ashes Test. Payne, oh, boys, this is uh, this is big, Huge. big news because we, we, we put it on the agenda with uh, Premier we Government. We did. Well, just, just before you get to that, Jack, do you know last night I went to catch up with a cup of tea with Tim, and who's having a who's having a little chat? The, the premier and the skipper. What was that all about? Yes, yeah, so I, I was strolling down Campbell Street last night, Jack, yep. and blow me down if it wasn't the premier by himself just walking towards me, cutting laps. So we stopped, exchanged a few a few pleasantries. He wished us well with the show as he always does, being a big fan. And and then the very first question he asked me was. 
Piney, do you reckon we can get this test match, Ashes test mm. match, to Blunston Arena? Oh, and I said, go. well, I think you're the man that can, but it might cost us a few dollars or a bit more incentives. And he said, we, I, am all for it wow. and happy to help. So I said, we've got you on board. I know Cricket Tasmania are trying to pull everything out to make it happen. Perth are going to do the right thing by us and not let anyone into Western Australia. Um, but does that backfire on Perth? And suddenly suddenly they're in the hot seat as the one that might miss down on a test. Not, not I mean, after watching, absolutely. No, nah, not after watching the AFL Grand Final. They want 60,000 people there. At what is, at the moment, the best stadium in Australia. There's no doubt they want to get uh, they want to get a, a test over there. Cricket Australia yeah, it, and but if they do, they're going to have to swap the whole schedule around. Mm. And obviously, Boxing Day and New Year's is not going anywhere. The Adelaide Oval night test is now becoming... A bit of an event there. I don't think yep. that will move. So it's going to be interesting, but it is great to have um, our friend of the show, the Premier, certainly on board. And um, he sounds like, speaking to him last night, that he's mm. going to try and pull out all the stops to make it happen or at least put us right firmly in the discussion. What's, uh, what's it's, sort of, it's, sorry, what sort of get-up does the Premier run around in? It's interesting because I only yeah, see him in a suit. Yeah, sort of get-up. He, he's normally in that dark navy slash he with was. a bit of charcoal suit and a yeah. white shirt. He's a bit like... Carl Stefanogan. No, he looked no. he looked Any very casuals? very sharp last night. He had the uh, the suit tie. He was rolling with the umbrella in hand, and he had the Neil Danaher MND beanie, uh, MND beanie on. Wow. So he's obviously supporting a great cause there as well. But yeah, we love our premier here, and he's uh, he's pushing hard to get us more high quality sport in Tasmania, which is awesome. Jack, the problem I've got with this Ashes coming up is all I'm hearing out of England and South Africa depends who you talk to is whinge, whinge, <laughs> whinge, and Joe Root's making discussions. The great Kevin Peterson's come out and said he's not going to do it. Kev? I, I, I just don't get it. I mean, we've seen sports all over the world where, whether it's the NBA, the NFL's gone in lockdowns, etc. You know, you just got to make it work. I mean, this... this I know you're feeding off this negative energy, Tim. You've written every note over the last six weeks. Jack, I promise you, he hasn't missed a thing. Anything that comes out from one of these English players, he's all over it. Well, it's interesting, Flash, you do talk about Joe Root because we have got some audio here and it'll be interesting to see what Payne has to say after this. It's so hard to make a definite decision until you know, but that's why it's so important that we get um, get all of the information. And as I mentioned, I'd be desperate to be a part of an Ashes series. Always am. It's, it's that one series as an England player that you want to be involved in. And that'll never change. Um, so, of course, desperate to, to go. From a player's point of view, we just want to, to know what, what the position is and then we can, we can all make decisions. Of course, it's been a discussion point throughout the whole summer. It's, um, it's, a, it's a big deal to all of us. So, um, you know, they'll, they'll continue and you know, hopefully we can get some clarity on everything and um, you know, it'd be nice to, to all go out there and, and create history. I think it's really important everyone makes the decision um, that's, that they're comfortable with. So I think it's, it's one of those things we, we just have to be patient. We have to wait till we know what's happening and then, um, I'd say, make a decision off the back of that. Well, boys, I haven't heard Joe Root talk mm. a lot, but I, I can hear the fear in his voice. Can't you, Payne? He just sounds very... He's, he's a, a bit I reckon. He sounds mm. a bit timid there, doesn't he? I don't think... I, I'd say nearly non-committal. He just... Thoughts, Tim? Surely. Um, well... The Ashes are going ahead. The first test is on December 8, and whether Joe's here or not, to be honest with you. So, um, look, we've spoken about it so much. We He's know what's going Payne. to be coming. He's the captain hey? Payne. He is the captain of I know. the English cricket team. Yeah. And he has. He said, yeah, I'd love to go along, but he didn't commit to coming down here. It's, it's... He's negotiating. Let's be frank. He's negotiating. He wants the, the best sort of, I guess, 
rules in place for the players under the best conditions possible. And yeah. Joe Root wants to come. Oh, oh yeah. they all want to come. There's no doubt about that. And, and like you said, they're trying to get themselves the best possible conditions that they can get. Yep. But at the end of the day, we all are. And, and we don't want to give them poor conditions because we're going to be in the same, same boat as them. But um, it'll be worked out, as we've said many times, above us. And then they'll have a choice to make. You either get on that plane or you don't. But there'll be a squad of England players coming here in the first test. will be starting on December 8. And yeah. I guess, Jack, that's the question. Is, is what is the quality of the team going to be like? I mean, are we going to find five or six of the guns not here? Stokes is not going to be here. We know that. And that's probably nothing related at all to COVID. But it, that's the query now, isn't it? Yeah, well, to flash, to be honest, mate, I don't care. No, no, you don't. I don't care who comes. I really don't. Speaking of not caring. I hope their best team comes. Yeah, speaking of not caring, uh, Flash mentioned Kevin Peterson. Uh, paraphrase here. There is no way I would go to the Ashes this winter. Zero chance unless the ridiculous quarantine rules were squashed and my family could travel with zero restrictions. Players are now done with bubbles. Done yep. in capitals. Any little drive-by for KP there, Paney? Oh, well, if you want to know anything on any topic in the world, Jack, you just ask Kevin Peterson. He is an expert on everything. There is no doubt about that. Um, the great thing about it, though, if anyone is talking to Kevin, is no one's forcing you to come. No one's forcing any England player to come. That's the beauty of the world we live in. You have a choice. If you don't want to come, don't come. If you do want to come and represent your country and play in an Ashes series, which Joe Root said that's what they all want to do, that's what they dream about doing, then come and do it. Kev, mate, leave it to the players. Let them speak. We have not heard one England player come out and say they will not be coming. I think it's been beat up, and people like Kevin like like to get themselves a little bit of exposure in the media time. whenever he can. KP wants some airtime. Can, can I just reinforce this, what I said a couple of minutes ago? Tim makes notes on every <laughs> single comment these pompers are saying, I promise you. That's the first he, I heard the Kevin Peterson thing. <laughs> There you go. There you Amazing. Go. Another bit. Well, we spoke to Peter Siddle, Flash. I don't know whether you heard with all the clanging and banging in the background, but uh, Ian Healy just came in and chimed in. We've got a little bit of audio Whack. here from, from Ian Healy. Now, there will be three sides to this story for sure, and no one's – I think all three sides are madly compiling their stories because they didn't understand what they were doing. It's incredibly poor. Cricket Australia match operations made the postponement decision – just before the toss. Who are Cricket Australia match operations? Why did they go without the public health information of yesterday in postponing a Sheffield Shield match? Then, who gave all the approvals to the Cricket Australia's match operations committee? Right? Now, match operations take things very seriously at a micro level. Oh, geez, they're good at putting out the tape to mm. tell public and staff where they can and can't go and the play, this is for players. Oh, they demark those areas beautifully, you know, and then they disrespect the competition. Uh, it's unbelievable. Yep. The important bits, they disrespect, and th that was incredible. The integrity of the Sheffield Shield has been disrespected by Cricket Australia staff. The leadership of Cricket Australia has been disrespected by the same staff because they weren't even contacted. Can you believe that? And just as bad, the media blackout. You can't have a debacle like this in a major sport in our country and not tell us why. But they don't know why. That's why it was an absolute debacle. Didn't miss many there, Hills, did he? On Patton Hills up there oh, in, in Brisbane, he just went bang, bang, bang. Uh, give us any truth to any of that, Pony, or is he... Oh, oh where, where, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, 
He just did Look, not I miss. think, the ma- firstly, the match do- match ops, to my knowledge, at Cricket Australia were in contact with Tasmania. Certainly our CEO and our high-performance manager, even the night before the game. Um, and then, obviously, as, as we heard with Sid, some of our guys went down and started warm-up. Uh, our coach, Alistair De Winter, was then walking back across the oval when he was met by Kepler Vessels, who is the match ref, and said that it was unlikely that it was going to go ahead. Uh, and then about half an hour later, it was called off. Now, Hill says they're disrespecting the, the competition and, and, and a few other things there. What, what actually happened was round two of the Sheffield Shield for Tasmania is in Western Australia, and we know how strict they are with their, with their lockdown. So the, the original plan was that Tassie would fly home, but if the cases didn't grow, they would fly back and play the one day against Queensland on Sunday and then the Shield game on Tuesday. Cases grew, uh, so that game now has been moved to Adelaide to play this Tuesday. Uh, and now that Tasmania haven't been in those hotspots in Brisbane, they can now continue on to round two in Perth, which is important. So what would have happened had they have stayed there? We would have played one day. The game would have been called off. Tasmania would have had to have flown home then and then would not have been able to play in round two either. So at the end of the day, Cricket Tasmania and the match ops people at Cricket Australia, mainly a guy called Peter Roach, have made the, the best decision. It's worked out well. Um, it certainly hasn't disrespected the competition. It's actually helped the competition get the next two rounds in, which they wouldn't have done had Tasmania have stayed in Queensland. So there's a little bit more to unpack to it, and there were certainly more people that were involved. Um, Hills is obviously a little bit fired up, as some of us wicketkeepers can do. Yeah, he's an angry bunch of wicketkeepers. Flash, do you think this will... We spoke about the English players. Does, it, does seeing this happen on basically the drop of a hat with one or two cases cropping up in a big cricketing state, Queensland, does it, does it ask the question... what? What, what are we going to get when we get there? Because the goalposts are shifting constantly, aren't they? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And I, and I think I think we're all becoming now accustomed to be very fluid in professional sports going forward. And, and I, I think there's almost got to be a little bit of acceptance that this is going to happen from time to time. The show goes on. Look, they've just made it work around the world. If you look at the big competitions, the NFL and the NBA, it stuff stops and starts and they've got to move there and you've got to move there and it is part of the deal. Um, you know, vaccinations are happening now. We're, we're getting up there in the numbers, aren't we? And we've just got to push on. Of course, summer comes and things are probably going to ease on that front a little bit, isn't it? And, Let's hope so. You know, it, gee, I, I know I'd hate to be a politician in these times. Yeah. It's awfully tough and you, you've just got to be very flexible. Yeah, and I think the AFL, Jack, you guys have led the way with that. We've, yep, we've heard about teams sitting on tarmacs waiting to find out where they're going to go or they land in a certain state and then they have to fly off somewhere else. Right. So it's very fluid. Players have got to be flexible. Um, I think Nathan Lyon said it really well the other week. Us as cricketers at the moment, it's a small small price to pay. You know, We're going to have to do a little bit of quarantine here and there. We're going to have to chop and change and move hotels and be in a different state. But, um, yeah, there's a bigger picture here, and the game has got to go on. There's a lot of people depending on the game going ahead for, for work and, and people that are stuck at home in Melbourne and Sydney who love watching AFL footy and love watching cricket, and we've got a little bit of an obligation to do what we can to make sure that we can get these games on. Tim, let's talk about you. How are you going? What's your update? What's your... How's your neck? Looking good over I'm going zone. well. Going you very look well. well. Yeah, going better than I thought I would at this stage. I'm, uh, I'm walking about an hour a day at the moment. I'm doing a few step-ups. I've started some very light leg stuff. Um, probably ne- being held back action? a little bit. Any sort of neck any, action? To... Yeah, no, I've got the, Ned hodding, ne- the head nodding, nodding going beautifully at the moment. So I can look down. I can look to the side. I'm just not allowed to look up. But, um, yeah, I'm feeling so much better than I was 
the first week and then the second week. Um, looking to start running next week and then hopefully into some cricket um, not long after so that. So it's okay if I put a group text out to Alex Carey and Josh Inglis and, yep. and all those guys that are chasing you. Just just leave it another summer or two, boys. We'll get back to you. Yep, at the moment. <laughs> or you always want them ready to go because you never know, do you? But, um, yeah, I'll be fine. I'll be playing some games for Tasmania before the Ashes start. There we go. On Terrific. Track, on track. Flash, good luck chasing up those phone numbers as well because no doubt they'll block you straight away. Ah, boys, up next, though, we are going to talk best and worst AFL trades. We've got, up. got the AFL Nostradamus in for a big oh. hour, of, and we're going to be talking the worst and best trades of all time. This is Jack and Paney on SEN.